I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Inside Try Show with Helen Murray. This is the podcast that takes a deeper look at the sport with in-depth interviews and special episodes to keep you entertained and inspired while you're training. And action. Okay, let's stop before I get carried away. (laughs) Hello and welcome to episode 194 of the Inside Try Show. I'm Helen Murray and each week on the Inside Try Show I bring you awesome interviews from triathlon and beyond. A fantastic interview with Ruth Assel is coming your way this week. I I think it's my favourite interview, actually, with Ruth that I've ever done. She was on back in episode two, so at the very, very start of the Inside Try show. And I always think it's really cool, actually, to see just how far she has come and what she's done. And she was on absolutely brilliant form when we chatted. So, so honest. Loads to take from it. And uh, Anne, if you're listening... She does answer your question, by the way. I'll leave it there. So this podcast would not be possible without the support of the amazing people who pay whatever they want to each month. It really does make a difference. And I am so grateful for everyone's support. So thank you. If you want to join those people, you'll be getting another bonus episode soon. You can. It is patreon.com forward slash inside try show. Daniel, you had a great weekend of training. You said training was the liver. Watching the rugby, my left arm had a solid workout, so much so that I had a splitting headache all day Sunday. Lesson learnt. Mick, you cycled Saturday and then ran 13 miles on the trails on Sunday. David, well done to you. Well done for getting in the sea for the first time in two years. You said, I was very nervous. I didn't get out of my depth, but it is a start. David, huge congratulations by the way, and thank you for being honest, because it's, yeah, not everyone is, right? And it all looks golden and happy, doesn't it, sometimes? And everyone's, you know, smashing it and doing whatever. So actually, the fact that you've been very honest, saying that you were very, very nervous, I think that's probably what more people can relate to when it comes to sea swimming. And you know what, that is what I love about this podcast, just the community and the support and kind of what's come from it. So yeah, Kate, I hope your bike got out the bike shop in time for travelling to your Ironman. Bon chance, or I hope it went well. I was actually in Belfast recently this weekend and um, I've got to go back. (laughs) As in, I would like to go back. Everyone I spoke to just said how cool a city it is. So I would really like to go back for a couple of days as I, I didn't have time to look around at all. It was a work thing. I was giving a couple of talks about physical activity after a cancer diagnosis, like my job, to some young adults actually and some healthcare professionals and yeah it was a really really good day and then on Sunday we had such a cool morning so we met up with our puppy Alfie's brother and his sisters and his mum to celebrate their first birthday so just a picture five cocker spaniels all running around chasing each other it was utterly utterly mad but it was pretty cute at the same time and 
Alfie's just typical Alfie. There are two photos that stick in my mind. One, all his brothers and sisters are waiting patiently for, you know, a treat. Alfie said, jumping up. And then the other one, he's actually got his tongue stuck out. We haven't we haven't taught him how to do that. Again, everyone looks all polite and Alfie's there. Yeah, tug out there. Yeah. So yes, he is definitely the most barky as well. So we still need to work on that along with his digging obsession, but there goes. And then um what did I actually do training wise in the afternoon on Sunday? Cycled to our local swimming lake. It's like Costa del Wrexham, actually, as soon as there is the tiniest patch of blue sky. It's such a random place. And then the final thing we did was continue with the money heist binge. Have you seen it? It's on Netflix, La Casa de Babel. It's amazing. Thank you so much to Lori for the tip off because Dios mío, Dios mío, it's increíble. Time for this week's interview. Ruth Ethel started triathlon in 2013 when she was working in the city and still while holding down her corporate job she became overall age group world champion at the Ironman World Championships in 2019 and then after that she turned pro. She got her first pro Ironman win at Mallorca in 2021. She came fifth at the Ironman World Champs in St George in 2022. 2023 has been hampered by injury, but Kona remains the aim. We talk about the mental ups and downs of being a pro triathlete, the need to sometimes actually just switch off, have a bit of wine, and the all-important support team around her. Ruth Asser, welcome back to the Inside Tri Show. Ruth, how is it going? Yeah, um, well, not that great, to be honest. Be honest, (laughs) we like honesty. Yeah, no, life generally is good. Uh, Triathlon-wise, this year has been a bit of a shit show. But um, yeah, so I'm now in a better place, having had a week of holiday and mental reset and like proper holiday, which is, I reckon it's been like three years since I've had like proper, proper go on a holiday with like no training, no thinking about triathlon. Um, So yeah, feeling actually like refreshed, motivated ready to be a triathlete again but yeah it's not been the best year I want to come on to the shit show then but a uh, proper holiday right how like is it easy or is it hard to get your head around the fact that actually I, I don't need to look at you know whatever's in training peaks or whatever you know training platform you use and I am going to chill out yeah it it is quite hard um more and I think it depends on the timing so actually like this time it was hard because it was like I was theoretically had I not been injured was meant to be going out to US Open and racing so it's like it's on a week that I should be doing something but I'm not the whole triathlon world is talking about the US Open and everything that's going on there and like I feel like post a race it's quite easy because you're like I've raced hopefully it's gone well but even if it's not you can kind of process it and you know that your body needs to recover whereas at this point I was like well I did struggle a bit in my head of I am a triathlete there's two other sports that I can still do I could use it as a week to just do loads of swimming and get better at that um but I also knew that mentally I just I really just needed some time to switch off not be a triathlete kind of I think in some ways, like remind myself that the world is a much bigger place and there are many, many worse things going on um, than my little calf injury. So, yeah, I think the first two days, quite hard to just get into that. Nope, you're on holiday. You don't have to do anything today and you don't have to feel guilty about it. Because I, I think that's part of it. You get you get so used to like routine, training, uh and I think like feeling good from it. Cause I think the other thing is like, I do like relaxing. I love eating and drinking, but when you're not training, you do also feel pretty shit from doing that because mm-hmm. you're like, I've not really done anything and I'm not meant to be doing anything, but you're then, I don't know. Then I'm like, well, I've gone and I've had a tasting menu of 11 courses and all the wine pairings and I don't feel great about it. <laughs> I mean, like I kind of do because it's a, it's a good experience. But yeah, there's definitely some, um, I think like 
guilt in some ways of either not training or feeling like the you know it's like those days I'm waking up and I'm like I'm not doing everything I could be doing today to be the best triathlete I could be although the the I guess the counter argument being I needed to be in a much better place mentally to get back and be able to do that so but you have to kind of tell yourself that and remind yourself that that's okay yeah it's like tough to get into that mentality but um yeah I needed it so (laughs) and by, by the end of it Ruth did you feel and do you now feel like okay cool I I totally needed that and now I can get back into that routine and I can continue you know trying to get 100% fit again yeah definitely um yeah by the end of it I was like I'm ready to come home uh (laughs) yeah get me back into some kind of routine (laughs) get me back into knowing vaguely what day it might be um and just feeling like like you're doing something and yeah that you're sort of progressing each day because there's something I think when you're used to like having almost like a goal every day or or more than one goal because you've got different training sessions to then go from that to I have zero goals today (laughs) other than go and eat and drink um yeah you kind of you don't feel like you're being particularly productive which I find quite a challenge here's an interesting one for you you know when you were working full-time as well and it would get to Christmas I imagine you would have some time off would you have that same feeling as the holiday kind of went on and with it being often like winter in UK that you do almost look forward to getting back to that routine maybe it's just a human thing that we need the routine yeah and I think so I think when I was working full-time it was a bit different in that I needed a good break post races like Kona because I was just completely burnt out from (laughs) training and working and trying to do everything. Uh, So I definitely needed a break from waking up at silly o'clock. But yeah, I actually found way more, I would often start like not necessarily training, but doing stuff sooner rather than later, just because actually I needed the like mental de-stress from work of, being active and doing something so yeah but that again I didn't necessarily need the like structured routine so I guess I had like the routine of work but I more was like I've been sat at a desk all day I need to move in some way (laughs) and de-stress and forget about the day and whatever has happened so yeah a bit like different but some similarities for sure and I think you're right I think we're generally creatures of habit and routine and it helps keep us kind of in line (laughs) talk us through the shit show then Ruth of 2023 come on well it started really well to be fair Uh, I had a really good first couple of months of training Um, like I'd actually I'd signed up with front pack swim to start doing something different swim wise and that was all going quite well I had a really good month in Spain with the sort of Leeds gang and just really good training like I actually you know I was back on the track I was having some good run sessions the biking was going well and I was like this might be one of the best kind of starts to a year I've had training wise um and then I got back home it's probably like a week or two after I got back home and I'd done like a long tempo run on the Sunday and had slightly slightly tight calves and decided that I would try my track session on the Tuesday anyway Halfway through, I was like, nope, that calf's tightened up. So I stopped thinking, I've been quite sensible here. Well done, you've stopped. <laughs> it won't be anything. It'll be fine. Um, and basically spent the next sort of couple of months uh, kind of having a few days off, thinking it was kind of all right, trying to run again. Not helped by the fact that um, the physio I was seeing at the time thought that it wasn't anything muscular based and he just thought it was like neurological or yeah so he didn't think and obviously as an athlete I was like great that's what I want to hear it's not a muscle issue I can keep running um so kind of kept doing that a bit on and off race Gran Canaria uh in April which yeah like wasn't great I kind of had to walk a fair bit of the run because again my my calf would kind of cramp up a little bit and I'd walk it off and then it'd feel fine again I was like oh it's kind of all right Two weeks after that, I had was meant to be doing the Ibiza 
long distance tramps. Um, and by this point, I'd kind of spoken to a few people and they're like, it definitely sounds like you've got a bit of a calf tear going on. Um, so I was like, you know, I'll I'll swim and bike. I'll start the run. And if I can feel it at all, I'll be sensible and stop. Because at this point, I was like, it's probably not that bad. If I'm sensible, then I'll be able to get back and I'll be able to race Roth because that was one of my other big goals for the year. Uh, so stopped on the run which is very annoying because I was in second at that point. And I was like, if I was actually fit, I could, you know, maybe challenge for the win. Um, and, yeah, got back home, went and had a scan. And they're basically like, yeah, it's a fairly big calf tear with a whole load of central tendon involvement, which is basically why it's been such a pain to rehab that one. Um, so, yeah, central tendon stuff you basically have to be really cautious with because you can – if you push it a bit much you can basically rip your whole muscle off the tendon which like that's that's not what you want to be so um so I was like okay I'll be like super cautious and basically already by that point um the physio was like with this kind of rehab basically you're not like you're not going to be able to do Roth he was like you're going to have been like one week for turn to run so but at at least I was like okay well I can get my head around that quite early so that was kind of like okay I won't be able to do Roth but um you know mainly it's all about Kona and I was hoping already by that point I was like well there are still the two PTO races that like my ranking wasn't good enough having not done any racing to get any points but as like I'm sure that there will be some roll downs or that I might be able to get a wild card so it's a bit like I'll go through this long process of very boring rehab and <laughs> and hopefully then be able to race and then kind of be on the up and have a good second half of the year that was all going pretty well I think I was like maybe three and a half weeks into my return to run and like it all been good and everything felt good um and I was up to had done like four by five minutes on the Tuesday and I was then trying to do three by seven minutes on the Saturday and two minutes into the second one my good calf decided to tighten up and I was like I've been here before I know what that means I'm gonna stop um yeah basically and I obviously at this point I was like, I'm just gonna go get an MRI straight away just to kind of see I was like I'm pretty sure I know it's a calf tear but um I kind of wanted to check that there wasn't tendon involvement um and yeah it's basically confirmed that's another calf tear thankfully no tendon involvement so not as serious, but that then was obviously, this was like a week before the US Open. So I was like, I obviously can't do that. And I then also had to be like, I can't do the Asian Open either. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's just really annoying because it's, um, I feel like at that point I had kind of gone through that whole process of I'm going to do all the rehab. I'm going to do all the things I need to do. I still, I still haven't, got to any kind of reason of why that might have happened on the other calf which is a bit of a worry because like I feel like the the first calf tear I was like I can see I can see what I did in the run-up to make that go and how I then made it worse by basically prolonging it whereas this one it's like I've literally done everything like the rehab was on both sides I've done progressive loading I was up to really good like weights that I was doing in the gym of force and everything um and we'd done a really cautious return to run so yeah still a bit baffled by that um (laughs) and yeah it's mainly just gutting to like miss out on all the racing really and it there's obviously like lots of other there's lots of other kind of pressures behind it of you know I've obviously I've signed with a couple of new sponsors this year and part of the reason behind signing with a couple of them was because I was doing Roth, which <laughs> I then obviously didn't do. Um, so there's obviously like a bit of kind of guilt slash pressure slash, you know, in my head, I'm a bit like, unless I can now go have a good Kona, a good couple of races after that, um, I'm expecting quite a few sponsors to like, not want to, <laughs> not want to carry on. Cause it's a bit like, you know, I've not really, I, unless I can show something the second half of this year, um, like in my mind, I'm like, why would they bother? Um, and like, 
I'm not mainly doing it to get sponsors, but at the end of the day, I also have to try and make some money, which considering I've also made zero money so far this year. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's, there's obviously like the main frustration is that I just can't go and race and see where I'm at and actually put a good block of training in. But there's also lots of other underlying sort of pressures and challenges as well. And hence the need to then go and completely decompress mentally because if you've got yeah. all these <laughs> things kind of going on. Yeah, definitely. How, like, did it just get to the point that you're like, I, I, I'm going to have to just have a week away from this world? Yeah, basically. I was like, I just got, I was like, I can't. I got to that point where I was like, what's the point of getting out of bed and going training? Of which sounds very melodramatic. <laughs> um, but I was just like, yeah, I was like, why, why am I going to go bother and put in a hard swim session when I don't even know when I can next race? Um, and then also coincided with uh, actually having the opportunity to go and have a proper holiday, which doesn't come around very often. So I was also a bit like, I should just grab this and go for it and... Yeah. And like I said, it, it paid off. It was good in the end. So Yeah, like it. Reese, talking of injuries and rehab and, and that kind of stuff. Um John actually says, Do you have any advice for others around injury and rehab? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm the best person to come to for advice on rehab, considering <laughs> I seem to keep getting injured. Um yeah, I think with injuries generally I think I think probably my main advice would be like recognize that there is a big mental impact as well as physical impact I think you know a lot of people I don't you almost like you see so much on social media of you know they're like oh I made lemonade out of my lemons and it's like that's what everyone wants to do but you don't all have to do that or like you can take a few weeks to be like through this I just yeah like take the opportunity I think especially as an age grouper right take the opportunity to go and do some of the stuff you don't usually do be like actually I'm gonna go have that drink with someone or I'm gonna have a weekend away or I'm gonna not try and force myself to go and do some like one-armed swimming or something like just just don't just you know take a little break um I think it is important to try and figure out the like, why have you got injured? Like, is it doing too much? Is it something else? Um, but, like, find the right people to figure that out. Because I think then mentally it's much easier to start putting together the rehab and coming back and, and trying to have that confidence of not thinking it'll happen again. Mm. But, yeah, I feel like my main advice would literally just be just use it as an opportunity to not be as triathlon focused for some time as an age grouper like I think it's a bit different as a pro but even so I think it's important to <laughs> process it mentally and then and then deal with it and come back. Ruth how much were you uh, loving the uh, aqua jogging in the gym? <laughs> oh, I mean I don't think anyone loves aqua jogging. <laughs> Sorry, when it comes um, up, is it just like, oh no? <laughs> or is it like, yeah. hey? <laughs> so, I mean, I was lucky in that I had people to do it with, which helps. Um, we had a coach there actually making it like a session. So, cool. out of all the, if I was there doing it literally by myself, then it would have been really, really terrible. But, um, Thankfully, with so many runners in particular around Leeds, there are often other injured people. So, um, yeah, the the run coach puts on like a Tuesday, Thursday, basically injured runners <laughs> session. Some people swim, some people act drug. Um, but yeah, he, he actually makes it quite fun and he sort of encourages you and is a bit like, you know, like keep going, do this. So, yeah, it is really boring, but it was about as unboring as it could have been <laughs> um to have it to have it as a group though that that's pretty yeah. good because like yeah. the only place where I've ever seen more than one person you know soullessly doing aqua jogging is actually in Australia where they you know um, it's a, a proper thing not even with athletes but yeah. just kind of just the general 
general yeah. population. Yeah. And then, you know, chatting away aqua jogging. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, and I'd say same with the gym. Like I'm not the biggest fan of the gym, but we have a great strength coach who actually makes it quite fun. Um, and I like there's something, there is something really satisfying, especially doing like a rehab of, you can see week and week, the kind of gains that you're making. It's very, it's very like tangible of, this is what I did last week weight-wise. This is what I'm aiming for this week. It, like, you see progress. Um, but I don't, like, it's satisfying. I just, just not my favourite. <laughs> so, yeah, I was not, and I was doing, I was doing three gym sessions a week as part of all my rehab. Um, I was basically doing, yeah, like, three gym sessions, two act jogging sessions. Yeah, it was pretty... It's more, and I find like to be honest, the thing I struggle with is that you end, end up spending just so much time inside. Yeah. So like swimming inside in a pool, then you're inside in a gym, you're inside out jogging. Um, the weather at that point was pretty shit, so we're just getting rained on on the bike. <laughs> so it was like it wasn't the most fun training for sure. But um, yeah, I'm lucky in that it was nowhere near as bad as it could have been. Oh. And you mentioned your crew there, Ruth. Um, Sarah actually was asking about. The people around you and like how did you kind of get involved with the leads and what is your kind of what is your crew like because I guess everyone has that like hmm. team around yeah so we, we've got a pretty good mixed crew um I guess I got involved because I basically moved up to Leeds just before COVID um and I mean at that point obviously during COVID time everything was quite separate because we weren't allowed to train with people but I actually I ended up doing quite a lot of cycling and running with Beth because she actually Beth Potter she actually moved to the house next door so we were basically in like a bubble um which was quite <laughs> I remember when I first told Will my coach yeah I'm just gonna go for a run with Beth and he was like are you sure <laughs> um and there were definitely points when it was slightly soul destroying of when I was trying to do my hard sessions and she's like yeah I'll just pace you as part of my warm-up like okay <laughs> thanks um but yeah I feel like that formed a pretty good friendship uh just like with Beth and then I actually initially started swimming with the masters group who swam at they because they basically moved to swim at the local gym uh whereas previously they'd been swimming at a pool that was like over half an hour away um and that was really good other than it was at six o'clock in the morning <laughs> which and now you don't have down. to get up so really you like, don't have to get up so i don't need to do that um, no uh and it also didn't go down that well in the household that i was waking up <laughs> early so uh <laughs> yeah so i did that a little bit and then basically covid gave the squad that i've now kind of joined like a big gift in that um they had to keep one of the local pools open well i said they had to keep going in to keep it maintained so they basically said you guys can come and swim because most of the pools were kind of closed but they said because we're having to go in anyway um you guys can come this must I think this must have been like maybe the second lockdown it wasn't like right away from the beginning so the beginning we just went and swam at the lake quite a lot as well um and they and they were basically like what time do you want to swim so they're like oh yeah like 8 to 9 30 would be great and they're like fine um and then when everything opened up again they were like well we've not really had any complaints about that slot not being open to the public so you can keep it which obviously that's like the dream, like not having to get up early. It's like the most social time ever. Uh, so yeah, when they when that was then sorted, and we basically just um, hired like all the lanes, so we had like the whole pool. So yeah, then I was like, well, there's enough space. There was basically then enough space for me to have the slow lane <laughs> with the rest of the squad, uh, and I managed to find a couple of friends to come and join me in the slow lane. Um, so since then, yeah, the squad is basically um, some of the short course athletes. So like Johnny, Brownie, Beth, um, a guy called Russell, a few, I'm going to forget some people, but um, some of those guys. And then there's some of the like long course athletes, uh, people like Lucy Byron, um, Al, I guess I'm counting him as a long course athlete now. Uh, 
and there's a few other we've got like a few age well i've got a few age groupers that swim in my lane <laughs> swim, in, swim in the uh, slower lane the slow lane you? yeah okay yes the slow lane. <laughs> which is not that slow um, in, in the grand scheme of things but as a yes. yeah yeah yep. it feels very slow it, but it when does. you're We've had um, one of the new additions to our squad is this young Mexican guy called Nicholas, who is the most ridiculous fish ever. Like he honestly, you watch him go and he's usually in the lane next to me and we'll start like if we're doing a prep set and we're doing like 50s. Uh, I'm usually the one leading our lane, so I'll be going off with him because he'll lead that lane. And it's like, <laughs> I get, like halfway down the lane, he's already at the other end turning. So, yeah. It makes you feel very slow, but it's, it's good. So we've got yeah. good squad, good good swim squad. Um, and then, yeah, most of that squad, we end up on like some of the long rides. We'll ride together or it'll split a little bit depending on what people have got on. Run-wise, I've been doing most of that by myself just because it's, I think like people's run stuff is quite specific and especially the kind of paces you want to run at or like some of the length of what you want to do, like occasionally it'll work that I can run with Beth but I basically need her to be really tired and actually running slowly (laughs) or I need her to be on a super chilled run where she can pace my tempo run um and yeah like sometimes there are other people that you can kind of link up with but yeah a lot of the running's been solo which I actually don't mind because you just I just put podcasts on and get in the zone but yeah it's Mm -hmm. a good good little crew yeah and um uh, another question actually from ready right if you were to be put back in a position of being an early 20s Ruth an early 20s early 20s age grouper how would you make the most of it so how would you like manage your time you know with strength and conditioning and like your work-life balance you can go like generally early you can go 30s you can go late 20s I mean generally so like, I don't think age is as much of an issue. I think it's more the like, what are your ambitions? Like, is this, you know, I think if you're an early 20s and you've got aspirations of turning pro, then my advice would be very different if you're early 20s and you're just doing it to enjoy yourself. Um, like, I think if you're trying to go pro, then my advice would be find a job that gives you the flexibility <laughs> um, to kind of do what you want. Um because, yeah, I think you basically, especially now, and I think especially if you're a guy, the level is pretty ridiculous. So I think you need to be able to kind of put in the volume training-wise to to get anywhere. I think if you are early 20s and you're just doing this as your hobby and that's your kind of aspiration, but, like, you want to be as good as you can be, I actually think most important thing I'd say is just find good people to train with like whether that's joining a club whether that's finding local people um so I think like the main thing and people just they always seem to forget it like it's meant to be fun like I'm I'm doing a bit of coaching now as well through Will and Riot Racing Club and occasionally I'll have some athletes kind of message and be like oh I just really didn't want to do that tonight it's like we just don't like you know obviously sometimes yeah I'm gonna crack the whip a bit and be like I've put your sessions in but it's like if you've had a bit of a shit day at work or you just don't feel up to it like this is your hobby your you know this is meant to be your de-stress and your fun thing like if it's not fun then we need to seriously reevaluate. like what what am I giving you why is it not fun so yeah my like Find what it is that makes it fun. And that that would actually be important, even if your aspirations are to be pro as well. I think, like, you have to enjoy it. Otherwise, you're not going to last that long. So, I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And on that point, Ruth, right, how has your passion for triathlon, how how has that changed? Um, or, I mean, has it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it has changed that much. I think, like, I still love racing. Um obviously like different pressures racing now but I think if anything it's I think for anything I'm like I enjoy it more because it's a bigger challenge so I feel like obviously like previously it was it was a challenge it's still but more of the challenge was trying to like juggle everything mm. um and I'm not necessarily sure I actually did like the best job looking back like it felt like I was doing a good job because I was just cramming so much in but um it wasn't sustainable what would you have done differently Ruth like that is a really good question because I don't know if I would have done anything differently I just don't know that it was the best like loads of people were like oh you must be like so efficient so I was pretty efficient but I also had like zero social life all I basically did was train or work I didn't sleep enough so like my recovery was pretty terrible um you know like I ended up getting divorced so like <laughs> I think there's a lot of things that I did pretty badly um but I don't know if I'd change it because of where it's got me to now in terms of like I don't know had I done it differently would I have got to the level I did to then turn pro I like there probably would have been better ways of doing it to still get better sleep and have a slightly better balance but I I don't know if I could have done with the job I was doing at the time. So maybe the answer would have been find a different job. But mm. I actually really enjoyed that job for that. Like I wouldn't have wanted to do it for any longer than I did it. But <laughs> for the time period I did it, it was brilliant. Um, so yeah, like, I think it's just, it's a really tricky one because a lot of the advice I try and give some of the athletes I'm coaching is, you know, like the sleep's really important. The social side's really important. A lot of the things that I didn't do. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, th- I think I've tried to take a lot of the learnings from that time into now when I have more time. Yeah. But it, it's just really hard. I think as an age grouper, you have so many different things that you're trying to do. And especially when I think most triathletes are pretty A-type personalities and you want to be really good at everything. And it's quite hard to be really good at anything if you're not giving it a lot of time. So, yeah, that's a tricky one. Do you do you ever do you ever miss or maybe think back fondly to the time whereby you were just starting out as an age grouper, i.e., before it went utterly, utterly mental? Um, I actually haven't really thought back to that time that much. Mm. But I think, like, it was a, it was good until like, I was so oblivious to, like, triathlon. As in, I didn't really, I'd obviously watched the Olympics, but, like, I didn't really understand the whole age group thing. Like, I think the first, it was maybe, like, six months into having joined the local tri club and seeing people, like, go around in GB kit. And I was like, who are these? Like, they must be amazing. Who are these people? Like, I had no idea you could, like race for your country and then I was like that's so cool I really want to do that um so yeah there's definitely something quite refreshing about literally having no idea and then like you know going back to that concept of oh my god like an Ironman is way too long like who are these crazy people that do this whereas now it's like well you could do like a triple Ironman (laughs) so yeah or a uh, or a Sean Conway and do like over a hundred. No. But anyway, that no, that right. is stupid. <laughs> I, <laughs> I completely agree. I completely agree on that one, Ruth. Um, I do want to know, right? If you were still an age grouper now, and you had qualified by winning your age group, or maybe maybe 
I mean, you would have you would have won it or maybe come second, and so you would have got an automatic slot. But let's say perhaps you had even got a roll down to say fourth or fifth, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go to Kona, right? How would you feel knowing that Ironman are struggling to fill the slots for Kona and like at one recent race they literally got to the point of saying mm. are there any females here who would like to go to Kona they're emailing people who finished an Ironman like last year how, how would you feel yeah it's a tough one that I think they've taken some of the magic out by splitting the men and women but I honestly think that like obviously it's also the cost like it is really expensive um and in current kind of cost of living issues you can see why not as many people can can afford to do it but yeah I genuinely think the kind of splitting the men and women has a bigger impact because I think there are lots of even like some of the tri clubs that help if people are like, oh, I know so-and-so is also going out, so I'm going to go out with that. I think it's stopped a lot of that. Um, yeah, it is, it's also a bit of a tricky one because I think I've always thought they have way too many people there, full stop. I think they should just cut the number of slots by half anyway. Um, <laughs> or, you know, to, a, you know, I, I think there definitely should be a point where the roll down stop. Like I actually just think, I don't know if you do it by time or by position and category, but I've always, because even the years that I was going, there was quite a few of the late Ironmans where it would basically roll down to anyone who wanted to take it. Um, so I think, yeah, that this year seems way worse. Um, and in some ways it takes away a little bit of the kind of, magic of it but I think that bit of magic has probably been eroding for the last sort of five-ish years anyway because you would there were always some of the top athletes that couldn't afford to go anyway mm-hmm. um so I think ultimately you know you want to race the best other age groupers um but on the other hand of that hopefully then the rotating um the rotating location actually gives more of an opportunity then for like all the really good Europeans next year on the women's side to be in Nice but yeah like for me I, th- I just think the bigger issue is splitting it I think they should have just cut the slots kept the men and women in the same place I really like the rotating of location I just hate that they've split the men and women yeah and 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 is that the is that the general feeling would you say amongst kind of other other pros as well yeah, I think from the pros, most pros I know would agree of like actually switching location is good, but splitting the men and women, it, it just doesn't really feel like a world champs. I don't really know any other world champs where the race is that far apart for the genders. Um, no, I, 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 just I, I think, can't think off the top of my head either. I just think atmosphere wise, it's just going to feel a bit flat in Kona, especially because I feel like especially being European. So I think it might be different if you're American. I feel like as a European, there'll be so much focus on Nice. There'll be so much build up to it. It's so much of a better course. Like actually the race will be really exciting. And then I think it will potentially just feel a bit like, oh, and now we've got the women, but they're over there on a terrible time zone that you can't watch. So, <laughs> um, but that's, that's as a European. So I think, you know, maybe the Americans have got a bit of a different view, but we'll see and we'll see how sustainable it is do you feel any different like, injuries aside do you mm. almost feel any less excited about the thought of Kona this year then no definitely not less excited oh. um I think just maybe a bit nervous that we won't get the same attention or media coverage and I'd like I definitely think the atmosphere there will be pretty terrible because there just won't be there'll be nowhere near as many people there supporting and it but then, to be fair, you don't really get that much support on the course anyway. So we'll see. But yeah, definitely like not less excited. It's, it's a world champ. It's like I'm always going to be excited by that. I'm just going to be slightly jealous that we're not in Nice. It'll be. You have to wait another year, Ruth, for that. I know. Next yeah. year. <laughs> next year. Next year. And will 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 you hopefully do Roth again next year? Hopefully. Um, 
So because of not doing any racing this year, uh, I am going to try and do a Ironman post-Kona. Um, I say try because obviously I just need to get through the next couple of months and touch wood, hopefully be all right injury-wise. Um, but yeah, hopefully I'll do a late Ironman, get an early slot and then be able to do Roth because next year it again falls on my actual birthday. So it does it? It would, yeah. So it'd be rude not to. So like the only the other time I've done it was 2019, and it was on my 30th birthday, and it was brilliant. Like they sang Happy Birthday to me through the towns. It was so cool. Um, and next year it will be on my 35th birthday. So yeah, I feel like I need to find a way of doing it. And Ruth, how did how did they how did they know that it was your birthday? How, how were it random singing it in towns? So I. I don't know whether it's flagged up when you go over like a tracking that of like name and yeah. you know, I don't know date if I had date of birth. The other thing, I have a sneaky suspicion that Sid might have told all of them because I also had no idea there was like an actual volunteer party on like the day after. So I had actually already left, but she sort of messaged me and was like, why are you not here? I've organized like a ski shot for you and everything. So she also might have had a bit of a hand of telling various announcers, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure everyone knew. Love it. Yeah. Uh, Anne asks, by the way, um, probably the question that most people want to know, Ruth, uh, what's it like dating Ali? <laughs> yeah, I find this bizarre that that people think it would be any different to dating anyone else. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's like dating anyone else. There are good times. There are times when he's really annoying. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think probably him being an athlete as well um, obviously makes it a slightly different dynamic in some ways. But I think I've just seen benefit from that of like, if if you're having a not particularly great morning and the alarm goes off and you don't want to get up, but that other person springs out of bed, you're like, right, Got to get up. <laughs> Time to get on with the day. Um, and yeah, obviously he has so much knowledge. Um, I've been able to learn from that, which is good. But yeah, like from a, like he is a human. <laughs> People might be shocked to know. Uh, he might not always appear to be human, but <laughs> I can confirm he is very much human. <laughs> who, who springs out of bed first, Ruth, generally? Who, who's always the one? Me. Always you. Always me. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Mainly because, so we have, uh, we try and maximise our time in bed uh, from a sleep perspective. And so the alarm goes off at 7.30. We basically need to leave the house by 7.40 to get to swimming. So we have 10 minutes. I am not able to drink tea as hot as he is. So unless I spring out of bed and go and make the cup of tea, I don't get a chance to drink my cup of tea before we get to swimming so that is the main reason um and I just think like I've just had years of sort of similar of I've tried to maximize the time um so I'm I'm just used to like the alarm goes off I need to get out of bed because if I don't get out of bed immediately I won't get out of bed so <laughs> That's, honestly that is a good turnaround in 10 minutes that's pretty good yeah I, I, yeah. yeah that is very very good and Ruth with you both being injured and having periods of yeah, you know, struggling to be completely fit when that is your job. What what is what's that like in terms of I don't know supporting each other or maybe both having just really shit days when you're both feeling really down. Like what's that bit like? Yeah, I think so. It's obviously easier when it kind of coincides with well, eh, a bit like sometimes it's easier when it coincides that you're both going through the shit times together. Um, I think in some ways it's harder when one of you is injured and the other one is fine and getting fit and going off racing. Um, Although on the other hand, if you are feeling a bit shit and they're doing fine, then you can kind of distract yourself by being like, oh, well, you know, I can put all my energy into doing all the other stuff for you to make life easier. Um, But yeah, I think like generally, I think at least you know that, that other person really understands <laughs> how you're feeling, uh, which helps because I think, yeah, I think it's quite hard to completely get it if you've not been through it. And to be fair, I think most triathletes have been through it at some point. Um, 
yeah I think it's it's I think probably more the benefit is the the understanding of I think the general lifestyle the kind of general sort of being selfish and sort of being okay with it I think that's probably the thing that's harder for people that aren't professional athletes to kind of understand of the yes you're being selfish but it's kind of kind of a good selfish in many ways not always but I think that's more the the kind of thing and the kind of okay we're both really tired today so we're just going to get a takeaway or I'm feeling a bit better today so I'll do the cooking or I think it's that kind of ability to kind of yeah know when you're the slightly less tired one so you can do a bit more basically and this is probably more a question for Ali but I'll give it to you anyway what do you reckon um almost like what impact do you think you have had on maybe on him in terms of like him as an athlete well I do all of the cooking so I feel like he's getting much better fed (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah I don't know like I mean hard to tell because I mean if anything I'd say it seems like a fairly negative impact given that the last four years have been pretty shit from him (laughs) from a yeah one thing after another so um I don't think as a athlete I would have had much impact on him you know I think he's he's been an athlete all of his life he is what he does he he is way more scientific than I am so like he will do all of the research on everything um so there's definitely nothing that I could (laughs) I could teach him about a human exercise yeah as a human I don't know I'd like to think that I've made him happier (laughs) but yeah you'd have to ask him amazing Ruth my fingers are crossed for the ongoing rehab they are crossed big time um and yeah the shit show as you called it will will (laughs) definitely 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 no it will it will come to an end at some point yes it definitely will thank you thank you for chatting it's always a pleasure yeah thank you thanks for listening to the inside try show if you want to get in touch or get a little bit more information on anything then reach out to helen on instagram or twitter at inside try show if you did enjoy that interview with ruth then please do share it it makes a massive, massive difference. Now, I actually recorded an interview recently with Joanne Murphy from Try Talking Sports. She was interviewing me. So please do go and give it a listen when it is out. It was actually a really good chat. I, I loved it. She asked me stuff that I've not been asked before. So that's always super cool. I have put links to her podcast in the show notes over at Inside Try Show. So yeah, when it is out, I'll share it. But please do go and give it a listen. And um, yeah, you might find out what I'm up to. (laughs) Anyway, thank you again to the patrons over at patreon.com forward slash inside try show who support the podcast every month. Oh, there's Alfie barking. Thank you so, so much for listening. Happy training, happy racing. And we'll speak again next week. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.